the Gospel of John, chapter 19, and many pastors end sermon series on Easter Sunday. We're kind of different. We're starting sermon series on Easter Sunday because we know as we start a series on Easter Sunday, it gives you the opportunity to get in on ground level with the beginning of a brand new series. And so, as we said earlier, if it's your first time here, we hope it's not your last time. And we want you to jump in on this series that we're launching in today called Fire. Fire, and this is a six-week series that's going to lead all the way up to just before May 11th through the 20th, where we believe for the fire of God to begin to move in our church in ways that we've never experienced it before. And so as we're jumping into this new series called Fire, the title of this evening's message is Where There Is Smoke. Where There Is Smoke. And you guys can finish that phrase, where there is smoke. There's fire. And so we want to see what God is going to do as you're opening your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter number 19. And we're going to start in the 28th verse. And the Bible says this, After this, Jesus, knowing all was now finished. Now, I love this. Before he's even done with the sixth and seventh last saying of, of himself, he said, I know it's already finished. Man, that's something to celebrate in the church. Your Savior, before he died, knew he was going to complete the task. Amen. Because he had a God that wasn't just on his side, that dwelt within him, and the presence of God rested on him. And he was even able to overcome sin, death, and uh, take the victory over death, hell, and the grave. And so after this, Jesus, knowing all was now finished, he said, I thirst. And a jar of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on, hyssop, uh, on a hyssop branch, and they held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit father god we thank you that we can read your word and we thank you that just as jesus christ declared it is finished we know that today it is still finished and we live in the victory of the resurrection of jesus christ in jesus name we pray and all god's people said amen and so tonight as we begin to talk about fire just for the next few minutes I love the series that we're jumping into about fire, and I love firemen. If, if you have, are a volunteer fireman or a firefighter in the house, just hold your hand up real high, real quick. Amen. Y'all give them a hand clap tonight. Amen. Man, thank you for the service you guys provide. And so I'm, I'm excited about this. And the thing I love most about firemen is that they are not scared of fire. They're not caught off guard by fire. In fact, just the opposite is true. They are ready and prepared for the fire. The difference between firemen and the everyday person is the prepared state in which a fireman lives in preparation for the fire. The difference between a fireman and the every other day person like Joel is a fireman walks into this building and they're automatically prepared for fire. Joel walks in this building, and he's automatically prepared for fire of a different kind. Amen. And I pray that you're prepared for fire. And I want you to grab hold of this because I believe God is doing more than looking to get a group of people saved. Okay? I believe God is looking for more than people just to make a decision for salvation. I believe God is looking for a prepared people that he can pour his spirit into. And I am not making light of salvation. Salvation is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Being, becoming born again is the most important decision you'll ever make. And so as we just read the scripture to understand what Jesus was saying in John 19, 29, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And to understand what he is declaring 
uh, was finished, we must read what was prophesied about him at his birth. If we're going to figure out what Jesus said it is finished about, maybe we ought to figure out what was prophesied that he would do in advancement but before he went to the cross. And in Luke 1, 31, it says this, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Now, here's the, here's the big part. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Therefore, it is finished is not just the ending of the rule and dominion of sin over your life. It's the beginning of something else. You notice God is eternal, and so he's always been here, and he will always be here. And in the process, if Jesus declared something is finished, he also is saying at the same time something is beginning because God's eternal and he's not ending. And so when Jesus said it is finished with the rule of sin and the domain and the power of sin in the earth, he's saying something is beginning, and it's called the kingdom of God that you get to step into. And so everything that Jesus did the purpose of what he did on Easter and the purpose of what he did with the cross and everything else was not just to declare an ending, but was the preparation for a beginning. Listen, Jesus' three-year ministry was a work of preparation. Jesus' journey through Holy Week was a work of preparation. Jesus serving the Last Supper to his disciples was a work of preparation. Jesus' abused and beaten body leading to the cross was a work of preparation. Jesus, as he hung on the cross, declared, it is finished, was a work of preparation. Jesus' three days in the grave was a work of preparation. That first Easter morning when Mary ran at the tomb and saw an angel sitting on the stone was a work of preparation. Jesus, 40 days after that, that he walked down the earth, was a work of preparation to establish the kingdom of God that started when he said it is finished and so everything that Jesus did in the life of his ministry and his whole life on earth all the way through Easter week and through the crucifixion and through the resurrection and even after the resurrection as he walked 40 days on this earth was a work of preparation for the advancement and the starting of his kingdom and the power of God in the earth so when you got born again, you got a lot more than just a ticket to heaven one day. You got a commission to advance the kingdom today. And that's exciting if you're a believer. When I mentioned Jesus declared it was finished, what was finished? It was more than the changing of an era from B.C. to A.D. It was more than a split in the history of time as we know it. The blood that was shed on the cross put an end to the power of sin in your life. Man, we as believers ought to celebrate that. Because I see so many believers who are still caught up in sin, bound by sin, and struggling with sin. But I'm here to encourage you, the blood of Jesus put an end to the era where sin had domain and dominion over your life. The blood of Jesus set you free from the power of sin, and it changed from B.C. to A.D. to advance the kingdom of God. And so tonight I want to encourage you, if you're in the house and you're born again, and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, but you're still struggling with an area of sin, the blood of Jesus still has power today. The blood of Jesus and his death, burial, and most importantly, his resurrection from the, from the grave still carries power and weight today, and you can be set free from whatever area of sin is keeping you bound up and held back from becoming all that he's called you to be in his kingdom. And we in the body of Christ need to celebrate that and so today, if we put our trust in Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, if we'll put our trust in him, 
at the resurrection, today you can say, it is finished. Amen. You can say, it's done. And your words as a born-again believer carry power and they carry weight over your life. And so if you want to declare that it is finished with your old lifestyle today, man, we got an opportunity coming up for you in the next five minutes. But I don't want to wait five minutes. If you need Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, just stand up and we'll stop everything for you. Because it's way too important. Because this isn't about delivering a, a, a proper message that a Bible school teacher or professor would be proud of. It's about your soul. It's about your life. It's about you having a born-again encounter with Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, just as I started earlier, that firemen live prepared for the fire. If you're born again, what are you prepared for? How are you living? Are you living in a prepared state of mind, a prepared state of readiness in your life? And so the, I love when firemen get out of the fire academy. They actively go looking for a place to put their training into practice, right? When firemen get out of the fire academy, they are gung-ho. They actively go looking for a place to put their training into practice. And I want to encourage you, since you've been born again, have we actually been looking for a place to put our training into practice? Have we actually been searching out and seeking out? This mentality is so different than people after they get saved. We encounter Jesus, we get saved, and just want to go to heaven. But if all that was just mentioned and all that Jesus accomplished was a work of preparation, we should be a prepared people ready to step into the promise of God. If everything we just mentioned from when he started his ministry all the way through his resurrection was a work of preparation, then we should be a prepared people Prepared to step into what, though, is the question. Prepared to step into the promise that God gave his church. And so in this, we got to remember all that Jesus did was a work of preparation. But what was he preparing us for? The Bible prophesies about it in the Old Testament in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. And it says, and it shall come to pass. I love it. It shall come to pass that afterward I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I'm still seeing visions. Amen. Hallelujah. Even on your male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit. The work of Jesus Christ in the ministry that he had and all the way through the crucifixion, all the way through the resurrection was a work of preparation for what? A work of preparation so God could send the Spirit of God that Jesus talked about in John chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 at the Lord's Supper. He wants to let His Spirit come and rest, not just in the church, but on the people of the church and start giving you the ability to advance the kingdom of God. Now, this isn't just a one-hit wonder Old Testament prophecy. Listen to what the Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist is talking here. and He said, I will baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is coming after me, Jesus, who is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. fire. Hey, come on now. That's good in the church. Now listen, it doesn't end there. The last words of Jesus Christ that are spoken in Acts chapter 1, not Matthew 28 that are spoken in Acts chapter 1, say this, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait, everybody say wait. wait. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Come on now, that's exciting. See, in the church, a lot of times we've missed it because we've only believed that Jesus wanted to save us and rescue us from a burning hell, and that is true, but we've never been taught that after you've been born again and that um, amazing event took place and you walk out your days in salvation, there is something that he wants to give the church that is a prepared people getting ready for the promise of God, and the promise of God to the church is the Holy Spirit. Now, the awesome thing about Jesus is he got to come and spend 33 years here and then go back home. The grace of God says, I'm going to send my spirit to abide with you forever. Hey, now, come on, man. The very spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is here operational and ready to be in your life. And that's exciting if you're in the house of God. And so in this, as you read the, 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 the Great Commission, and Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. You go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Turn the page and, um, uh, uh, at the end of that and go into Acts chapter 1. He said, now here's your instructions how you're going to get this. He said, go and wait. And that's the 10 days in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit came fully at Pentecost. And some of you, if you've been raised in a very traditional church like I was growing up, that term Pentecost automatically equates in your mind with the crazy charismatic churches, right? That's not what it means. It means penta, meaning five, coste, which is 10, which is 50 days later. So he's just saying 50 days after the resurrection, I got a gift for you. And so Jesus walked for 40 days on the earth and was seen by over 500 people, the Bible says. And then the 120 went in the upper room and prayed for 10 days. And 50 days after his resurrection, the promise that the Father had for us came into the earth. Come on now, that's good. So real quick, as I get ready to close this evening, I want to talk to you about the gospel. Now, what I'm about to say is not a new gospel teaching, okay? But what I want to do is clarify the fullness of the Great Commission, which is the gospel. Now, the word gospel only means this. It means good news. That is all that the word gospel means. So when you read the gospel of John, it's the good news that was written by John about Jesus, when you read the Gospel of Matthew, it was the good news of Jesus Christ written by the Apostle Matthew. When you read the Gospel of Luke, it was the good news and the account of it was written by Luke. And so every time you hear the word Gospel, don't go churchy religion on yourself. Go good news on yourself. And so every time you declare that Jesus is the good news, you're declaring the Gospel. And so I want to encourage you, what I'm about to say about the good news or the gospel, it's not a new teaching, but for many of you, it's going to complete and be the fullness of the Great Commission that a lot of us have missed out on most of our life. And so I want to talk to you real quick about the gospel, that's the good news, but two different parts of it, the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. Now listen, the gospel of salvation is this. It is the good news of salvation, and it is focused on getting people saved and going to heaven. Right. Praise God. Yeah. I'm glad there's people focused on getting Joel T. Meyer born again and going to heaven. 
I was born again on June 22nd, 1988 at a Methodist church camp because I was at the Methodist church at that time in my life. And praise God, somebody there was able to lead me in the gospel of salvation. Praise God. Many of you were probably saved in a Baptist church or, or, or even a, a Presbyterian church or you could have even met Jesus in a Catholic church and your life has completely changed and now you're in this church. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So listen to what I'm going to say. The gospel of salvation is vital. But I believe as the body of Christ, many of us have only focused on the one part of it, and that is the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation is so vital to the church and what the church is doing. That's the reason we're doing everything that we're doing. That's the reason we're doing for the first time in our church history four services, and one of them being a Saturday night. That's why right now people are in here listening, and they're hearing it translated in Spanish, right? Well, you're hearing it in English. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're doing Spanish translation forevermore. We're live streaming as a church. We're advancing the gospel of salvation because we want the kingdom to expand. Now, that's exciting as a church. We're growing, we're moving, we're doing. And I'm excited for all the other churches that are growing and moving and doing because we're in this together. We're complementing one another. But now I want to talk to you very briefly about the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the salvation is just for you. The gospel of the kingdom includes you, a prepared you, because it's about so much more than you. I'm going to say that again. The gospel of salvation is just for you. If you don't know Christ, tonight it's the best night of your life. Because I'm believing you're going to meet him before you leave this place. But if you do know Jesus Christ, you go from the gospel of salvation, which you have received, and you step now into the gospel of the kingdom. Because the gospel of the kingdom is this. It includes you, a prepared you, because it's about so much more than you. The gospel of the kingdom is focused on the transformation of lives, cities, and nations with the expansion of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ronnie. I appreciate it. Hallelujah. See, I know this is new to many of you because it got so quiet when I said that. And it's not a new gospel that's being preached. It's the fullness of the Great Commission. It's the fullness of what God has called us to do. It's the fullness of everything he told us to accomplish. When he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, you go therefore and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It was more than just making sure you got to heaven. It was the empowering to expand his kingdom. It's the power to expand what God wants us to do. This occurs when prepared people understand that they were created to make a difference. They want to help those in deadly situations. We want to save lives. And this is what I love about firemen and the series fire that we're going into. And this is just very foundational level of it. Firemen, when they get out of the academy, want to make a difference. They want to save lives. They'll even give up their own life and die for somebody so that they can save their life. It should be no different in the body of Christ. It should be no different as a group of believers. We should want to help get people out of deadly, deadly situations. We should want to save lives. We should want to make that difference, and we need to bring heavenly realities into people's earthly situation. That's right. That is the advancement of the kingdom. Heavenly realities coming into your earthly situation. And what I mean by that is this. If you've ever gone through a crisis in your life, you needed a heavenly reality to come invade your earthly circumstance. Right. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
When you've lost a loved one, you wanted the peace of God to invade your life of turmoil. Amen. Hallelujah. That's bringing a heavenly reality into an earthly situation. And we only cry out for it, it seems, in a time of crisis. But God is not wanting to just give heavenly reality in time of crisis. He's wanting us to live in heavenly reality so we can expand the kingdom of God at an unprecedented rate. And so in your life today, are you a prepared person or are you a person that simply got born again one day and you're waiting for the destination of that day, heaven, to happen in your life. See, the thing I was not taught when I was born again is this. I was born again, and all my hope was the anxious anticipation and expectation of heaven one day. But when you read the Bible, even the Lord's Prayer, that's not what Jesus said. He said, bring the heavenly realities of earth to earth today. Now listen, in doing this, we must not confuse our destination gained at salvation one day with our assignment of the kingdom today. What is the assignment of the kingdom of God for your life today? It's when you walk out these doors to talk about the good news, to share the good news. Not just when it's bring a friend Sunday, not just when it's Easter weekend, not just when your life is good, not just when you're going through good times, not just when you're going through bad times, not just when you're at the moment in your life when you just want something different or you feel on fire for the minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's the expansion of the kingdom. And I want to say this again. We must not confuse our destination that was gained at salvation one day with our assignment of the kingdom today. You can live in anxious, you can live in, you, you can live in excitement and expectation of heaven and going there one day. There's nothing wrong with that. But when all that is your focus and you sit by and are waiting for the sweet by and by and you don't fulfill your assignment of the kingdom today, we've missed what salvation and the good news is all about. Because when you got born again, and you heard the good news. Your life was changed forevermore. Yeah. And you are a completely different person. So how selfish of it would, us, would it be of us, after all that Jesus Christ went through on the cross, for us to sit and wait for our destination one day and forsake our assignment in the kingdom today? That's right. We must begin to become Kingdom-minded, and when I mean kingdom-minded, I don't mean uh, uh, it's more than just cooperating with other churches and ministries. It is believing God that he is a good father and that the promise that he told Jesus would come to pass actually came to pass at Pentecost. And the spirit of God that was poured out at Pentecost is continually being poured out into the kingdom of God today. And if his people will receive it, it will look like they have been set on fire with the power of God. And you know, when I established the church 19 years ago, I didn't want a weak and powerless church. I wanted a church that would be fearless in advancing the kingdom. And so with that, we got to start thinking of the gospel of the kingdom, the transformation of lives, cities, and nations. Now I have this up here. Very simple, it's a match. This match is a dried piece of wood. 
This match, there's nothing special about it as I'm holding it in my hand. This match, for it to be of any value and worth, has to have something happen to it. What has to happen? You've got to strike it. You've got to strike it. For the match to be of any benefit to anybody, you've got to strike it. When you strike it, what happens? There gets to be a fire set in your life. What does that got to do with anything? The cross without the resurrection is just a piece of wood. Jesus was not the first person crucified and was not the last, but he is the only one to be raised again from the dead. He is the only one. And the Bible says this, when you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. When Jesus was struck, the sheep scattered, but at the striking of Jesus Christ, what the enemy did not know, what God had planned all along, when Jesus Christ was struck on the cross of Calvary, there was a flame that was lit that moment. And that flame is the power and the fire of God that would three days later raise him from the dead, that he said, I'm not just going to keep it with Jesus. If you'll wait 50 days, I'm going to pour this same fire out on the church and set it ablaze. And that's how the gospel of salvation transitions into the gospel of the kingdom. And if you're born again this morning, tonight, you have a part in it. My question is, will you not anticipate your destination one day while forsaking your assignment of the kingdom today? What's your assignment in the kingdom? I don't know. I don't know what my gift is. That's not what I asked. What's your assignment? Your assignment is this, to be set ablaze. Let, let God work out the details after that. Your assignment is to be set ablaze. As the worship team comes this evening, you're going to have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your life. The gospel of salvation is paramount. Gospel simply means good news. The gospel of salvation is paramount. You must receive Christ into your life and be born again. That is the event that you begins your walk of salvation through the rest of your life. Once you're born again, hey, heaven is already secured as your final destination, amen. And the finality of heaven, you, you can't even say finality of heaven because it doesn't end, amen. God's eternal. So heaven being your destination secured today when you know Jesus Christ, can we put off thinking about our destination and get back to our kingdom assignment today and that is expanding the kingdom of God in the transformation of lives cities and nations as the prayer team begins to come this morning I want to talk to you about two things in the next 30 seconds do you know Christ as Lord and Savior of your life if you do not please come and pray with one of these ministry prayer couples up here also, many of you have received the gospel, the good news of salvation, but you've never received the gospel of the kingdom assignment. And I'm going to ask today that you'll take a step of faith, just like you did at salvation. I received the good news of Jesus, and it changed my life. Today, if you'll receive the good news of you have a part to play in the kingdom, it'll transform your life. 
Because the Spirit of God will set you ablaze. I promise He'll fill your heart again to the point. Do you remember how it was when you first got born again and you first heard the gospel, the good news? And how you were on fire, literally, you were on fire for the gospel? He can do it again, just like that. Because the resurrection of Jesus wasn't just for you to get to heaven one day. It was for you to expand the kingdom today. I'd like to ask everyone in the room to stand.